Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Whatever happy you celebrate. Yule, whatever you celebrate. Happy whatever you celebrate. That is correct. All encompassing. Are you excited? So we're not filming this on Christmas Day. Obviously, we're filming it like but this a episode bit drops Christmas Day. Right. Awesome. But what are are you excited for Christmas? Why am I excited? I'm always excited for Christmas. Are you? Yeah. What I'm not excited about is this ugly sweater you put me in. Okay. I'm just going to bring that up right now. <laughs> so right now. we decided, like, it, it just worked out that we had an episode dropping on Christmas, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. we have to get, like, ugly-ass Christmas sweaters. And so the funny thing is, is you like animals, but you're not, like, a pet person, per se. Mm-mm. So I, I picked one out for you that has dogs and cats and weirdly one sloth um, in Christmas hats <laughs> with bells. Yeah. and Yeah, I, I see that you're wearing a sweater that, although ugly, is somewhat cool and it says hey. slee. Okay, so it says sleigh on it, like with a bunch of H's, like sleigh, you know, like sleigh girl. But when I brought it home, she's like, it says your name. It says slee, <laughs> slee, slee. So now I'm really excited. Slee, lee, 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 lee. <laughs> Slee, girl. That's a new catchphrase. So I'm starting it. Slee, girl. Um, new band name. So now I'm excited that I have a sweater with my name on it. Yeah. So I like how you picked that one for yourself. I did. And then- Jake picked it. First of all, it's ugly. It has a raccoon on it that's wearing sunglasses and a fucking Christmas hat. It's it's the I'm so ugly, I'm cool. Okay, first and this of all, is, do you want me to be single for the rest of my life? <laughs> first because- of all, first of all, it's about your attitude. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm cool, and I make this sweater cool. If you just have the attitude of this sweater's cool as fuck, I it'll be like cool as fuck. the crazy cat lady. And no, you, know you don't. What? It has Dude. a pug in the center. And it's fucking got jingle bells all over it. <laughs> well, and it's Christmas. You hear that? You hear that? All I That's needed her. was a lace collar and I'd be in a handkerchief coming out of my sleeve. And there you go. Single I don't like, for the rest I don't of my like natural this attitude. Days. You're being a little bit of a scrooge. <laughs> hey, roof thatchers, don't judge her by her cats and jingle bells. This will never be worn again. I can tell you that. One uh, thing. You know what? I w- I'll take it after you're done. I'm going to wear it. Are you? Yeah. And I'll show you how cool it is. Okay. One thing I can say is that it's either the sweatshirt is extremely warm or this hot toddy that Jake whipped us up is very warm because, whoo, So, girl. you know, we, you know, here at Uncle Bob's, me and Laura like to, you know, drink some. We like to get in the spirit Ooh. before we film an episode. This so, hot toddy is getting me in the spirit. Is it? Yeah. One more and I'm going to be putting a lampshade on my head and you know, belting that, out that show tunes. That will really go well with your Christmas sweater. <laughs> Can belt out some Christmas carols. <laughs> some Christmas carols. Because we were just listening to Christmas carols. What's your favorite Christmas song? 
my favorite. Ugh, it's so hard. It's so is hard. It? It is. I know mine right off the I bat. I mean, I know mine right off the bat, but it, it, I, it's Father Christmas by the Kinks. That's a fucking good one. That's a good one. Yeah, if you like like a fuck you Christmas mm-hmm. and like a rock version of a Christmas carol, that's the one for you. Yes, I love that one. My favorite is Step Into Christmas by Elton John. Yes. I fucking love that song. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. It, it just is- makes me happy. Yeah. And feel all fuzzy inside, kind of like this hot toddy. Yeah. <laughs> it is a toss up though, because I love Christmas in New York by the Pogues. Hey, that's a good one too. Yeah. You like kind of the like fuck you ones. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. But traditionally, if we're going albums, Nat King Cole's Christmas. Okay. Hey, I didn't say Elvis. what are your top 20. I, I said know. what I is know. your favorite you Christmas song. song? Right. And I got to go. It, yeah. The Kinks. The Kinks. All it's right. It's always been. Kinks, Elton John. Mm-hmm, <laughs> there mm-hmm. there you go yeah oh boy so we picked some holiday ish yes. topics we saved for the you best guys. for last our very favorites our personal. very favorites is what we did there's been some goodies there has been some goodies i feel like we got in the fucking spirit this I year think we did i think we did i don't know i liked it but this is what I'm talking about today is my absolute favorite and Christmas movie. What and I'm yours? talking about, okay, now we're going to talk about this. What I'm talking about today is my favorite Halloween movie. Oh, yes. Right. However, right, right. my lovely husband over there, mm-hmm. Fact Check Jake, Fact Check Jake, um, and a huge portion of the world considers this a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided, fuck it. You're going to do it <laughs> I'll Christmas. ride the wave and I'll fucking do it for Christmas, bitch. Yeah. It's a good Christmas one. It is. So you know what I'm talking about. I do. I do know what you're talking about. Tell them. Tell the world. Because I see Jack Skellington uh, blanketing. So it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas. that is your all-time favorite. It is. I love it. I love it so much. It's magical. Mm -hmm. All right. You ready to get into it? I am. Let let me take a sip of my hot tot. Take a sip of your hot toddy. Okay. Earlier I was drinking it through a cinnamon stick, but then it got clogged and I choked on a little bit of cinnamon. So now I've moved to regular straw. Yeah. That was a burst of cinnamon. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. A, <clears throat> yeah. 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 It's almost a Christmas nightmare, but it's mm-hmm. fine. All right. So nightmare before Christmas. Yes. Get there. I want you to get in the fucking zone. We're in the zone, chief. Okay. Put your Christmas hats on and maybe get and out a pumpkin. I don't know. fucking Christmas sweaters. Crap. Okay, you know, <laughs> I'm really sensing some anger from that side of the room. Okay, this is a 1993 good year, good year. I would, I would say the best year because that's the when I year. grace the world with my presence. There you go. Good the birth year of Slee. The birth of Slee. I like that for me. I like this. I like it. Um, it is a stop motion animated dark fantasy musical Disney film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So drink that in. I am, I'm drinking it. All of the good things in one. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, the story and characters are by Tim Burton, and we talked about Tim Burton a little bit when I did Beetlejuice. I did want to say some stuff since we have talked about that has kind of come out. It seems like he might be kind of a piece of shit. We obviously do not agree mm-hmm. with that. However, his art and what he has contributed, uh, I, I, I still think is obviously magical and deserves to be talked about. So we're going to separate art from artist here. Just keep that in mind. It was directed by Henry Selick. Nice. Nice. And the screenplay was by Carolyn Thompson. And here's the Holy Grail. Are you ready? I'm ready. Music by Danny fucking Elfman. 
Danny fucking Elfman. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about Danny Elfman a lot, but like not really. Well, I I think I feel like besides Ennio Morricone, he's probably done every freaking <laughs> soundtrack or score. Who's I'd say the guy score, that did fucking soundtrack. Star Wars? John Williams. Uh, he's and done if we're talking about composers, Howard Shore is Howard the Shore. fucking goat. Ennio right. Morricone. There we but go. But I will, and I'm not just saying this. Every time I'm watching a movie, whether it's you know it's mostly older movies, and I'm like, wow, I really like the music, and I'll look it up. And I'm like, fucking Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. <laughs> there from, you are again from Oingo Boingo fame. From Oingo Boingo fame, I love him, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love his music. Yeah, like he's fantastic. Um, awesome. So we're gonna get into it. The cast, obviously, it's voices, right? Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman is the singing voice of Jack Skellington, and Chris Sarandon is the speaking voice of yes. Jack Skellington, who is the main character. Catherine O'Hara is Sally, and mm-hmm. we know her from, obviously, Beetlejuice and Home Alone, but also... Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. She's fantastic in that. Yeah, you I haven't know. watched I have to, it yet. I, yeah, I have to watch it, yeah. And Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. And I love Oogie Boogie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's like a million characters in this movie. So I know you all don't want to hear me butcher every single name. Right. Um, So that's what I'm going to give you. That's what you get. (laughs) What you get. Okay. So I'm sure most of you have seen this movie, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. Um, Sometimes you like, I don't know. I feel like there's a very specific crowd of people who have seen this movie and who love this movie. And then there's a whole other side of the world that's like, no, I've never seen it. What's that? Um, so here's the rundown. Um, it opens with an aerial view of a ring of trees, each with a special looking door. Mm -hmm. Um, and we realize that they're all for like holidays. So one has an Easter egg, one has a turkey, which who the fuck would pick that door? One has a heart. Um, one has a shamrock. One has a shamrock. I've always wanted them to open that door. And every time we watch it, I'm like, lore. What would you pay to open that fucking shamrock door? That's right. Big bucks. Big bucks. Your soulmate could be waiting in that shamrock door. (laughs) I literally dream. I'm not even kidding. And have dreamed about what is in those other doors. And I want someone to make like Uh, them opening those other doors so bad. Um, It, you know, there's a narrator a little Mm -hmm. bit. And he says, you've probably wondered where holidays come from. If not, I'd say it's time you begun. Um, And they close up on the pumpkin tree, Mm -hmm. which, thank God. You want a pumpkin (laughs) tree. That's a tree I really wanted to see in. Um, And the door swings open. And instantly, like I said, it's a musical. Uh, There's a sign that says Halloween Town. And there's a big song called This is Halloween. And it's like introducing you to this town called Mm -hmm. Halloween Town. And all of the characters inside it. So um, there's witches and skeletons and ghosts and goblins and, and vampires. Any, vampires. Anything weird lives in this Halloween town, right? Kind of like, hey, you know your other favorite movie, Halloween Town? Debbie Reynolds <laughs> does not make an appearance in this one. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if she did? Wouldn't it be funny if like halfway and through the movie? I'm Debbie. She's like, and what's up, fucking bitches? It's Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> I'm here again. I'm here. Oh my gosh. So like I said, the song This Is Halloween is introducing you to the cast of characters. Um, if you were into spooky shit as a kid or an adult, this like mm-hmm. this had me hooked. I was oh, like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Um, it's a good tune. I side note listen to this soundtrack all, all year the round. Time. Like, all the time. It's so good. Yep. Um, so at the very end of the song, we are introduced to Jack Skellington, uh, the pumpkin king, and he's like the leader of Halloween Town. 
Okay. He's the king. He's the king, man. Uh, he is a tall, lanky skeleton, and I love his dapper little black, black and white mm-hmm. pinstriped suit. Yep. And I love he has a bat bow tie. I know. It's so cute. If you haven't seen what Jack Skellington looks like, I, yeah. I can't imagine that anybody has, even if you haven't watched the movie. I you mean, have the to stuff know. is like everywhere. Yeah, Disney has really like. At first, I feel like you never saw it included in no. Disney stuff, but lately they've really been yeah. kind of taking it under there. Yeah, because when you first started watching this, it was it was not a big deal. <laughs> no, they were like, sweep that under yeah. the rug. Shove that under the carpet. I know. But I always wanted Jack Skellington's bat bow tie, and I still do. So <laughs> if you know yep. of one, hit me up. Uh, basically, he's hot shit in mm-hmm. Halloween Town. Yeah. Um, Halloween has just ended. And it's time to start prepping for next Halloween. So basically, like, all of us around here. Yeah. The second (laughs) Halloween ends, it's like, all right, well. We're already prepping for next year. Start counting down till next Halloween. Mm -hmm. That's, like, literally my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, However, Jack wanders off with his ghost dog named Zero. And I always said I will have a dog named Zero. I don't care if a lot of people have done that. I will do it. My hero Zero. My hero Zero. Um, And we realize that Jack is very unhappy. He's sad. Ouch. So even though everyone loves him, he is sad and he's sick of his life in the same old routine. And I arguably, you know, I think it's the best song in the whole film. Mm -hmm. He explains his point of view through the song Jack's Lament and talks about how he's Mm -hmm. really unhappy. And even though, you know, he's got fame and praise, uh, he's lonely, Mm -hmm. basically. And he's not liking his life. Yeah. Um, a great example of why Danny Elfman is the fucking man. Mm-hmm. Um, so as he is singing, we see a girl watching him. Mm-hmm. So she's going to come into play here. Um, her name is Sally. She is a rag doll that was created by doc, doctor, docker, docker. <laughs> He's a docker. He's a docker created by Dr. Finkelstein. Um, he's like the town scientist. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call him. The mad scientist. The mad scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he created Sally. So she's literally like sewn together mm-hmm. uh, different pieces of Oh, you know what? It's funny. People. I'm drinking out of my Christmas vacation mug and he was in Christmas vacation. He was Uncle Lewis. Oh my God. He was Uncle Lewis. Yes. That sets his toupee on fire. Clink, dude. All right. The seven degrees. Is it the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or seven? We always get I believe it's six. I always say seven. Okay. So I want to go for that extra degree. (laughs) The six, seven degrees Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon. Okay. Um, Dr. Finkelstein isn't very nice to Sally. She's basically there to like wait on him. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't like him, but Sally, we're. Yeah, I I love Sally. She's cool. Um, meanwhile, Jack has completely wandered off and he ends up stumbling upon the circle of doors, which I've seen this movie way too many times and I've thought about it way too much. And I'm like, but how, (laughs) how have you never seen these doors before? How have you never seen these doors before? Wouldn't you have had to stumble outside of the pumpkin door? But you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about this Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) You're going too deep. Am I going too too deep? deep? Yeah. They didn't think about it that much. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, he stumbles upon the circles of, of doors. Um, and he's intrigued by the one with the Christmas tree on it. He's like, what is that? Shiny. <laughs> Shiny, sparkly. Shiny things. Um, and he opens it and him and Zero get swoop, yep. swooped down. I think Zero gets swooped down. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Hmm. <laughs> Minor detail. Uh, he falls in and he lands in a pile of snow. 
And he looks around the town and he's literally like, what the fuck is this? And the song is called, what's this? What's this? <laughs> and it's all about like, so he falls into, it's it's called Christmas Town. He walks into a sign that says Christmas Town. And the whole song is about like, what's this? I've never seen snow. Why does everyone look so happy? Everyone's alive. There's nothing's so dead. Color. There's so much color. Everybody's happy and singing and they're cozy. And it's like everything mm. that Halloween Town is not. Right. Um, because it is so different and alive, he thinks that this is the answer to his problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so flash to Sally. She is grabbing her herb jar full of deadly nightshade. Yes. And slipping some into Dr. Finkelstein's soup. Yes. <laughs> um, she covers up the odor with frog's breath. Um, and he mentions that the soup is wormwort. Yes. Okay, so obviously, like, Sally is into some herbs. Yeah. Okay. She's a little witchy. She's a little witchy. Um, Jack and Zero return to Halloween Town with a bag full of goodies, and Jack says they need to hold a town meeting ASAP. Mm-hmm. And everyone's so excited because they were, like, worried yeah. about Jack because yeah. he's the— He disappeared. He's the head haunt, you know. BMOC. Is that big, <laughs> big man on <laughs> He's the BMOC, the big man on campus. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Sally is able to sneak out to go to the town meeting um, after Finkel Fart is what I call him. Finkel Fart. Finkel Fart passes out from the deadly nightshade that she yeah. slipped in his soup because uh, he doesn't, like, let her out of the house. Right. Right. Uh, so at the meeting, Jack tries to explain the magic that he just stumbled upon in Christmastown. Mm-hmm. But because they can't, they can't understand. Right. Because they're happy. They're happy in they're Halloween happy. town. Yeah. They like they like their town. And so every time he's like, they, you know, they have boxes uh, wrapped in, mm-hmm. you know, gift wrap and bows. And they're like, oh, do you open it up? And it's dead, you know. Yeah. It's a head? <laughs> it's a dead rat. Like, right. they, they like the spooky things because they're in Halloween town. So mm-hmm. they don't get what he's trying to say. Yeah. So... Not seeing his vision. No. So he morphs Christmas Town into something spooky, renaming Santa Claus Sandy Claus, Mm -hmm. and like makes the tale a little Mm -hmm. more spooky sounding so that they can understand. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jack is sad about this because they aren't getting the picture and they're not getting what was so magical about Christmas Town. Also, Sally is like, the fuck are you talking about? She's not buying what he's selling, basically. So that comes into play. So Jack heads back to his house and he studies Christmas in hopes of finding a way to explain it to the town and his friends. So he starts doing experiments and he studies holly berries under a microscope oh and gosh. he drops candy canes and acid and I he's know. like <laughs> crumples them up. Yeah. It's so it's really cute. It is. Yeah. Because he's trying to figure out the magic. Yeah. He's right. trying to figure out the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Uh, meanwhile, Sally is co- cooking. Dip, dip, dip. She's cooking up some. Uh... She's cooking up <laughs> something special. <laughs> She's pouring herbs and whatnot into a bottle, um, and then she jumps out of the window. I lo- mm-hmm. I love that scene. She yeah. Just, so she j- hops out of the window, and all of her pieces fall apart. Yeah. But then she like gathers them back up and sews herself Takes back a needle together. And, thread and yeah. And what an interesting like metaphor. Yeah. For that. Puts herself back together. I know. She mm-hmm. quite literally sews herself the sh- back the together. The strong silent type. The strong woman. Um, 
she takes the bottle to Jack, and when he opens it, a cute little butterfly, like, pops mm-hmm. out. Um, I think she's flirting with Jack. I think she likes Jack. I think she likes him. <laughs> the equivalent of batting her eyelashes at him. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Betty. <laughs> I know. She's flirting with Jack mm-hmm. via magic. Yeah. It's very cute. Um, so Sally is sitting outside of his house cause she doesn't want to go back home. Um, and she starts pulling petals from a flower and has a vision that Jack's Christmas fantasy will not end up great. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. She basically like, she's playing with the flower and it turns into a really pretty Christmas tree and she's like, Ooh, but then it catches on fire. So it's basically telling her like, burn this motherfucker down. This ain't going to end well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Abort mission. Abort mission. Abort. Um, Jack has a, a little song, you know, a little musical number called What Does It Mean? Where he's studying Christmas and trying to, you know, visually see the magic. Um, but he comes to the realization. I can't talk. <laughs> the realization. She's slurring her words. <laughs> the realization. Have some more hot toddy. I can't enunciate. <laughs> it's a fucking hot toddy. It made my lips numb. <laughs> my lips are tingling. <laughs> oh, shit. Um. He says, just because he cannot see it doesn't mean he can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And voila. I love that. Yep. Um, and with that, he decides he is going to take over Christmas. He's like, why can't I fucking have some Christmas? I'm going to be Sandy Claus. I want to be Sandy Claus, damn it. And Sally is sitting outside like, fucking bitch. What? <laughs> no, Dude, this isn't going to end well. We're not heeding my warning. I know. So he has the townspeople help him. Uh, they make him reindeer. They craft presents. They make him a little Santa Claus costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even kidnap Santa. Yeah. They don't hurt him. Lock, shock, and barrel. Yeah. Cute. They, they kidnap him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're going to take a little rest. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's going to be Santa Claus. Right. Um, it's not good. <laughs> that does not go well. No. Sally tries to warn him of the vision. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl. The vision. That's a new word. <laughs> I can't even I can't even make something up about that. That's just new. Vision. The vision. Mm-hmm. She warns him about the vision that the she vision. had of the fucking lit Christmas tree. Okay, but Jack's like, no, I want to be fucking Santa Claus. Get out of my Bitch, face. Step away. Step away. I'm gonna go draw presents off. But Side note, they're like Halloween town presents. Yes. Okay, they're like scary. They're yeah. not. People are not in the Halloween mindset because it's December. It's not time for you guys. No. <laughs> it's time for Christmas. Oh. But in their mind, you know, wrapping up like they turn a dead rat into a hat and yeah. they make creepy things that mm-hmm. crawl after you and are bleeding and. <laughs> yeah. A okay. severed foot, you a know. Se- yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Stuff that would go well for Halloween. Yeah. Um, so long story short, it doesn't fucking end well because of these creepy ass presents. All of the kids open their presents on Christmas Day and are scared to death because they're mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Meanwhile, I'd be like, this is dope. <laughs> You're like, I love this. Sign Would me you- up. Well, good. Because now you know what I got you for uh, for the holiday. What, a rat hat? A rat hat and a severed toe. <laughs> Who know? Not a toe. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said this on here, and I'm probably exposing something about myself that I shouldn't, but I'm terrified of feet. Yes, you are. Is mm. that weird? Did that come from you? Mm, I don't like feet. <laughs> I'm not terrified of them, though. I'm just, like, you know, I have a problem. They're not my favorite. I don't like them. I'm not terrified of them like you are, though. Okay, well... There you go. <laughs> There's a little tidbit about me. There you go. Okay. Uh, 
doesn't end well. Jack Skellington is, you know, shot out of the sky. The police are called. Nobody's happy because Christmas has been ruined by these creepy Halloween toys. You it's know, a damn shit show. It's a damn shit show. Kind of like Sally motherfucking said it would be, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll ignore that. He's terrified the children. He has. He yes. scared them. Yeah. Um, Jack realizes, fuck this shit. I'm the pumpkin king. <laughs> I'm not Santa. He's like, what the heck? I did my best, and now I'm going to go back and be the pumpkin king. Yeah. Let's Santa clean up this shit show. That was fun. I'm done now. (laughs) Uh, He returns to Halloween Town, apologizes to Santa, and lets him go. Um, He realizes that Sally is what he has been looking for. Uh, And they share a sweet moment on the snowy hill because Santa drives over Halloween Town and makes it snow for them. Um, and it's there's a love story. It's a love story, and there's a really pretty song. I think it's called "Simply Meant to Be," or I don't, I don't know. But it's mm-hmm. sweet, and yeah. that's the end of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So my lesson here, you know, my little spiel. It, it's not a big one mm-hmm. because it's just a good movie, but right? It's cute. But it's... I did want to touch on the importance, the importance, the importance, <laughs> the importance of Sally. Yeah. Okay, so Sally is a witch, man. Mm -hmm. She's a total witch. For sure. And it's not talked about a lot. No. Um, She is seen throughout the movie using herbs and potions. Mm -hmm. According to the book, are you fucking ready for this? People are going to like this. There is a book out there called Disney Astrology. Really? Where it goes through Disney characters' (gasps) astrology signs. You're kidding. Um, According to that book, her birthday is February 8th, which makes her an Aquarius. Aww. I know. And if you don't know, I'm an Aquarius. And when I tell you that I like this movie, Mm -hmm. like I came out of the womb and was like, this is my shit. (laughs) This is it. Um, So I think that that's really cool. And we're going to talk more about that because we're going to do a New Year's episode that focuses on astrology and the characters we talk yes. about. So stay tuned for that. So I just wanted to touch on that. Wonderful. I love that. Um, she's incredibly clever mm-hmm. and she relies heavily on her intuition and her gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Like even though everyone is like, no, we're going to fucking do Christmas and it's going to be great. She's like, yeah, eh, I don't know. Really. Um, yes. And she stands up for what she believes in. She's right. like, no, I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to stand by it. Right. And so she has visions. So also, and she has visions. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She has precognitive abilities. Uh, she can see events in the future. I love that. So she is a little witchy woman. She's a little witchy woman. Yeah. Um, a little hedge witch, a little kitchen witch, yeah. little combo there. Uh, um, yeah. and she is like my version of a Disney princess. Mm-hmm. So like, I was never into like I'm not that girly, and I was never into like the pretty dresses mm-hmm. and the. So, like, the classic Disney princesses just didn't really fit right. me mm-hmm. or my personality or what I was into. It, But she was kind of like, she yeah. was my Disney princess. And nice. she's a little witch. And I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So if you do have children out there and you're interested in this kind of stuff, I do suggest it. Yeah. I did want to touch on Deadly Nightshade. Yes. Okay. And I'm scared. Why? Because you're the herb girl, and I keep fucking talking about herbs. You keep talking about the plants. I need to knock it off. (laughs) Hey, I love it. Because I'm, like, talking to the master. I'm not the master, but yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you're talking about plants. Are you so proud? I am so proud. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I'm going to just touch on it Mm -hmm. and get your opinion. Okay. 
Okay, so the scientific name is, I'm going to butcher it, Atropa belladonna. Mm-hmm. Did I nail it? You did, Atropa. Well, nailed mm-hmm. it. Um, it is a feminine plant. Yep. And it is associated with the element water. It is part of the, here we go again, the Solanaceae family. Solanaceae, yeah. Fucking nailed it. Solanaceae. Nailed it, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, so... Uh, here's where I want to get your opinion. So okay. everything I read was like, this is poisonous. Don't ever consume it. Don't ever eat it. Don't ever take it internally. Mm-hmm. Go. Co- correct. Okay. Yeah. So belladonna or deadly nightshade is definitely poisonous. Okay. Um, Mainly the it, roots is what I read. Yeah. So I believe the berry is as well. Um, not as much, but it's definitely not something if you are not. I've had people uh, like email in and say, oh, you know, I have this, I have belladonna growing and I'm going to use it for this. And I'm thinking, ah, like. Careful. Unless you are a skilled herbalist, not that it doesn't have its medicinal uses, but it's the dosing. And unless you are a very highly skilled, like I personally myself would not even tinker with with belladonna because I haven't gotten to know that plant. So I don't, you know what I'm saying? Um, Mostly what I've seen it used for is, um, but again, it's like you have to watch touching it and stuff like that. It said like, don't really don't even mess with it. Yeah. Don't mess it. Like at all. Don't mess with it. You always find this plant is in the witch's garden. So with, you know, um, Monk's hood, and you know, it's like the witch's garden. The, yeah. The so, from plants, what I was but. reading, it was ba- so I just wanted you to confirm, mm-hmm. basically, because you know I'm not the plant person, mm-hmm. but it was saying like, do not unless mm-hmm. you are a physician or a skilled herbalist, Correct. mess with this plant. Don't touch it because mm-hmm. you have to wear gloves. Like, there's a whole right. thing. So, I'm gonna give you a little bit of like what it is used for. However, listen to what we both just said and yeah. don't. Right, right, right. Don't mess with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, So my reference here is a website called flyingthehedge.com. And it's actually a really cool website. Mm -hmm. She goes through a lot. Like, she's a hedge witch. She goes through a lot of different herbs. And it's Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, We are going to be creating a little spot on our website where we, like, list all of the references we use in each episode. We're working on that now. Just a little Mm -hmm. side note. Okay. So, flying the hedge. The name Belladonna originates from the Latin word... Bella Donna, meaning beautiful lady. Right. I mm-hmm. think that's really pretty. I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. You never told me that. Well, because you've never been interested in plants. Okay, and I believe, I, I think we've talked about this because you asked me, um, it used to be used to dilate the pupils yeah. uh, to make women more beautiful, you know, because oh. uh, big pupils were attractive to men to attract the opposite sex. So. Okay, that's weird, but and cool. I do, and I do <laughs> think opticians. I, I think they still use it to dilate the pupils. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like fucking dilated pupils for men? Okay, but whatever. Well, right. But <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. and then for, you know, for eye exams, right. they have yeah, to yeah. dilate the pupils. Okay. So according to an old saying, um, belladonna causes anyone exposed to feel hot as a hair, blind as a bat, dry as a bone, red as a beet, and mad as a hen. Mm, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Don't right. fuck with it. right. Don't fuck with that, Mac Daddy. That's correct. Um, it has been used in sedatives. 
Uh, so it is accurate here mm-hmm. where Sally uses it to knock out Dr. Mm-hmm. Finkelstein mm-hmm. and in Practical Magic when she uses Belladonna to knock out right. Jimmy Angelov. Angelov. Right. Yeah. Um, I've seen it used in bombs for a flying ointment because mm. it is said to, you know, you know, cause you to hallucinate yeah, and so, like leave your body. Yeah. So magically I have that it is used for astral projection. Like that? Astral. Astral. <laughs> it's used for astral projection and divination. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it like causes mm-hmm. you, it kind of like knocks you out, but mm-hmm. it makes you a little wonky. Yeah. So you could kind of mm-hmm. tap into astral projection. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I mean, that's cool. It's very interesting. Yeah. You had this book called Wicked Plants. Yes. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're interested in like this kind of side to herbalism, I would suggest that book. It was yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Did you find kid. some information in there? Yeah. Yeah. It was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good little, you know, I think that it's a good little gift. Yeah. Good little book. Yeah. Um, so besides that, just want to touch on the movie a little bit as a whole. You all know it was created by weirdos and outcasts for weirdos and outcasts. I don't think I have to elaborate on that too much. Um, If you didn't fit in when you were younger or even as an adult, because I know a lot of people found this movie when they were adults, chances are you like this film. Yeah, right. Like if you were an outcast, Mm -hmm. you probably like this film. Mm -hmm. Um, It is one of the first major full-length stop-motion animated films. Yeah. And I swear... The number one thing I lack is patience, but if I didn't, I would have gone into stop motion animation. I think that it is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yes. But yet, you have not watched Clash of the Titans. That is so different. <laughs> you cannot compare. <laughs> um, again, the music is just incredible. Danny Elfman, you fucking rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think this is a Halloween movie, myself included. It was released around Halloween. Right. There are a lot of people that find this to be a Christmas yeah. movie. I think that it can be both, really. Please, like, I'll watch it during I'll both I'll watch seasons. it fucking anytime. So <laughs> just an excuse for me to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new Netflix documentary that just came out called the holiday movies that made us yes where they go through the making uh of both elf and the nightmare before christmas and they tell you about the people that made it and i really highly suggest it yeah it was really good so good um both of them both Both of them them were great but this one like really lets you get to know Mm -hmm. like tim burton was more hands-off yeah than i think people know i did not know that and this kind of teaches you about the people that really made this film mm-hmm. um, and the artists and yeah. just the ugh, the passion that it took, really. Oh, my gosh. It took years to make this movie. Did they say like three years or something? It, it took a while. Uh, yeah. So, because stop motion animation I takes filmed, a long time. What they say? I filmed two seconds of, of film <laughs> like today. like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's my spiel on Nightmare Before Christmas. It's fucking, it just, it's everything good. It's, <laughs> Damn it! It is, it is one. Of, it is your all-time favorite. It is. I love yeah, it so much. You love it. So there you, you had go. a Nightmare Before Christmas blanket. You have mugs. You, I mean, you've got. You've got I've all got that it shit. all, man. I've got, got action figures. Oh, my yeah. wrapping paper. I always pick out my wrapping yes. paper. And this year, I picked out a little Jack Skellington wrapping you paper. You did with Santa hats. Yeah. So yeah. if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. If you have kids that are into this kind of stuff, I would highly suggest it. And that mm-hmm. is my spiel. Woohoo! Woo woo! And hey, guess what? What? Because it's Christmas, 
you guys get an ad-free episode. So no hearing from a sponsor today. Awesome. I get to jump right in. You just get to jump right in, girl. Girl, that's awesome. All right, your turn. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know you do because you know my all-time favorite Christmas movie. I do. Yes. So I today am talking about Bell Book and Candle. (gasps) Oh, I'm really excited. When we said that we were going to do a podcast, Mm -hmm. this was the very first movie that I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing. Really? Because it is my favorite movie of all time. And I was trying to recollect when I was researching, um, like... When did I find this movie? How long have I been watching this? How long have I loved it? And I cannot even, I don't know how I found this movie, but I freaking love it. Yeah, you've been playing it ever since I can remember, so. Yeah, and a lot of people that, I don't think there are a lot of people that have seen this. I, I would agree with that. And But there is a lot of films that have been made that have been inspired by this movie. Okay. Um, and I also feel like, people that maybe kind of have seen it or know about it are probably thinking like why is that your favorite Christmas movie but we're gonna go into that okay I'm ready all right so bell book and candle strap it in I'm strapped in the coaster I'm ready to fucking go Woo! all right 1958 okay American comedy slash drama romance love it Love it. Based on the 1950 play with the same name by John Van Druten. Okay. Right on. I like the way you said that. There Van you go. Druten. Here's the cast. This is a stellar cast. Okay. So if you love old movies like I do, and you kind you you teeter. Sometimes I'm you there. do. Yeah. Um, so Kim Novak plays Gillian Holroyd, and she is secretly a witch. <gasps> what? I know. James Stewart plays Shep Henderson, and he is a publisher. Jack Lemon who is so great in this movie, plays Nikki, and he is Gillian's uh, brother, and he's a warlock. <gasps> Ernie Kovacs plays Sidney Rutledge, and he writes books about witches. Love it. And Hermione Greengold, remember we talked about her, because mm-hmm. that's where the character of Hermione came from, um, plays Bianca de Pass. And Elsa Lanchester plays Queenie, um, who is Gillian's aunt. Okay. She is also a witch. Love. Um, so I and I ended up, you know, of course, finding little tidbits. But, you know, she's most famous for The Bride of Frankenstein. She plays oh. The Bride of Frankenstein, Elsa Lanchester. Okay. And she was actually married to Charles Lawton from 1929 until 1962, until he died. Like, so they were married. That's unheard of in Hollywood. Oh, really? But Charles Lawton was the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm there. That's a cool Hollywood pairing. I thought that was pretty interesting. Cool little... Fun fact. Yeah, I liked it. Pull that out the next time you're playing <laughs> Trivial Pursuit. I'm a I'm I'm a gas at parties. <laughs> <laughs> a youthless uh, a youthless. <laughs> Ouch. A a slip. Y- useless. <laughs> yeah. Useless, yeah. Where has my youth gone? <laughs> where oh where has my youth gone? <laughs> useless, uh, you know. I don't even know. Hey, what I look! Was now you're the host. It's now not useless. Well, we have been told that our little facts are yeah. useless by a lot of people useless close to knowledge. us too. Yeah. Um, and hey, jokes on you, motherfuckers! 
I knew I'd get to use it at some point. There you go. All right, so here's the plot of this wonderful movie. Give it to me. All right, 1950s Greenwich Village. Gillian Holroyd is the owner of a rare African art store. Secretly, she is a witch, and she's feeling very unsettled and bored. What? what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Dude. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Did no. I not just say that about Jack Skellington? What the fuck? She's feeling very unsettled and bored with her routine life. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my Every God. Time. Why Every are we time. like this? We don't even try. Oh, okay. She takes an interest in her new upstairs neighbor, Shep Henderson. And on Christmas Eve, Shep arrives home to discover that Gillian's aunt, Queenie, <laughs> is snooping around inside his apartment. The fuck? Uh-huh. Offended that he is not happy with her presence there, he kind of scoots her out, and she decides that she's going to place a hex on him. Oh. And she hexes his telephone, so every time he tries to make or get a call, it just sounds like... <laughs> and so he decides he's going to have to go downstairs and ask Gillian if he can borrow her phone. Uh-oh, is it a meet-cute? It is a meet-cute. Um, they discuss... The best-selling book that just happens to be sitting on her table uh, called Magic in Mexico by Sydney Sydney Rutledge. Okay. And he tells her that he's a publisher and he's been wanting to meet Sydney um, and, you know, talk about publishing his next book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as Shep leaves, Queenie invites him to the Zodiac Club, which is where they all hang out. Oh, I, I love, love that. that. I've always loved the, the name Zodiac of that club. club? Ooh. Mm-hmm. And because Queenie was snooping through all of his personal belongings <laughs> uh, in his apartment, she tells Gillian that Shep is actually engaged. <gasps> oh. Uh, but encourages her to pursue him anyway using magic. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Queenie. So that night, Shep decides he is going to go to the Zodiac Club and he brings his fiance, Merle. Kittredge. Merle Kittredge. Yes. <laughs> to the club to meet Gillian, Queenie, and Gillian's warlock, bongo playing brother, Nikki. And oh my gosh, him playing the bongos. <laughs> it's like Warlock he, Bongo. New band name called it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's definitely a beatnik. Um, but Gillian recognizes Merle as an old college enemy. Wait, is she a witch? Who, Merle? Yeah. No. Okay. I haven't seen this no, in a while. No. So all bets are off. Okay. So now, oh, she whether she liked Shep or not, she's going to go for it because she hates Merle. Ugh, the whole woman-on-woman thing, man. I think, okay. well, Merle used to um, torment her in college Oh, well. because she didn't like to wear shoes. Is that the weirdest thing? She didn't like to fucking wear shoes? Gillian didn't First like to wear all, shoes. First of all, it's none of your business. I don't like to wear <laughs> shoes either. Mm-hmm. Um, so returning to Gillian's apartment, the Holroyds exchange gifts, and Nikki gives Gillian an enchanted liquid with which they attempt to summon Sidley Rutledge. Sidley. <laughs> Sidley. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? who's that? Yeah, uh, the author. Okay. So Shep knocks at the door. For what reason, we don't know. Um, Nikki and Queenie decide to leave, and um, Shep announces that he and Merle are going to elope the next day. And Gillian decides to use her cat and familiar pie whacket to cast a love spell on Shep, who becomes immediately enamored with her. 
We talked about love spells in the patron-only episode. This is a no-no. We did. We did. Um, and we also have to talk about the fact that we had a cat named Piewacket. We did. I love yeah. that cat. And it came from this movie. I remember going to an antique. I was antique shopping at Christmas time. This mm-hmm. is no lie. And they had found the stray cat, and they couldn't keep it in the store. He and so, so I took, and sweet. took him home and named him Piewacket. But Piewacket did not. He was a wanderer. He wanted to be free, man. He sure did. But you want to know something even funnier? Hmm. My grandmother didn't understand. Oh my god! <laughs> the word didn't Pie understand Wacket. the name Piewacket and thought, like legit, thought its name was Tallywacker. <laughs> <laughs> so would just call the cat Tallywacker. Hilarious. Ah, <laughs> uh, dirty. So there's two cat name ideas for oh. you: Piewacket or Tallywacker. Tally Your choice, man. Either one. Golden. (laughs) All right. So after spending a night on the town with Gillian, he breaks up with Merle. And Merle is like, what the shit? What the fuck is going on? Uh, Reveling in her romance with Shep, Gillian is torn when he proposes to her. He's under a love spell. Within 24 hours, let's get married. Uh, But here's the kicker. Uh, Witches lose their magic if they fall in love. Again with that? Yes. Crazy? What is that shit? Okay. But she agrees to marry him. Oh, no. In the meantime, Sydney Redlett shows up at Shep's office. Having been magically compelled to be there, he says he's writing a book about witches in New York. Great. That's his next book. <laughs> Fantastic. And of course, Shep was like, I'll publish that. And oblivious, uh, Shep introduces him to the Holroyds. And so now Nikki is intrigued because everything coming out of this guy's mouth who's supposed to be an expert in witches right. is like pure crap. He doesn't you know, know what he's So about. Nikki's like, ooh, well, I this is a way for me to, you know, I'm going to start making me some money. He's Make like, some dough. He's like, hey, listen, I'll uh, be your side guy. I'll get you into, you know, all the inner circles what's really going and on? what's really happening if I get half of the, half of the all right, all right. proceeds of the book, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a big no-no in the witch community because, you know, in the 1950s, you did not tell people you were witches and you certainly did not allow outsiders into the circle. So Gillian and Nikki get into a big fight and they argue about exposing their world in a book. And she uses her magic to make Shep lose interest in publishing the book. Okay. And so now Nikki is pissed and he's going (laughs) to tell Shep that she cast a spell. To make him fall in love with her. So, I'm dramatically taking a sip of my hot did toddy. You? I, <laughs> I'm right? intrigued. Are you intrigued? Um, so instead of, you know, having to deal with that, she just tells him. Gillian, Gillian tells Shep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, he thinks she's, you know, crazy. He's like, that's absurd, right? But Queenie convinces him that, you know... She she lays the story out, and he's like, oh, great. So he thinks that she um, enchanted him just to get back at Merle. Mm. Okay. And Gillian Partially is... Partially true. No. You're right. <laughs> Gillian is heartbroken. Uh, so Nikki brings Shep to Bianca LaPasse, who is the head witch. She's the head witch and the owner of the Zodiac Club. And she oh, brews up that. a potion to break the spell. And I love this part when he has to drink the potion. It's so hilarious. <laughs> So the bottom line is, is that Gillian actually fell in love with Shep. How do we know? Because she lost her fucking magic. She lost her magic, 
when Piwacket like rejects her. <gasps> like he leaves her because oh, no. he's no longer her familiar because she's no longer a witch. She's human because we know because she can now cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Now hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Proof that she's in love and no longer a witch. Shep realizes that Gillian really loves him, and the movie ends with a passionate kiss and an embrace. And she's now human and has given up her her witchiness. Why you always got to give up your fucking power to be with a man? You know, know what I'm saying? As I look at my loving husband right. over there, I'm like, what the fuck? And her and her <laughs> African uh, art shop turned into like a freaking seashell shop. And it was like, what? Like in the beginning, it was all like cool and, you know. Mystical. Mystical. And then it was like she was selling freaking seashells. 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 Down by the seashore. Nailed it. <laughs> so. Okay. Love it, but also not right. love it. Right. Now think of the time. 1950s, right? Mm-hmm. But. So we talked about this in the Bewitched episode. This is one of the movies that, you know. Uh, spurned, bewitched. Right. Spurned. I don't think that's the right spawned. word. Spawned. <laughs> spurned. Oh my spawned. God. Again. <laughs> do I speak English? I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> when I listen back to these episodes. So this, I, I have a huge pet peeve with this movie. Oh no. Even though I love it. Okay. And it was in my research, I got some answers. Okay, so I'm ready. this is considered Jimmy Stewart's final role as a romantic lead. Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Jimmy Stewart. It's a Wonderful Life. Another one that you don't like. I used um, to go to school at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and there was a fucking Jimmy Stewart museum. Because that's where he's I from. I know, he's but from like, there. he had a whole museum. His, his dad had a, his parents had a, a hardware store in Indiana, and that's where he was from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on. Got a little shred of my stick. Oh, no. He got some shred of cinnamon. So this was considered his final role as a romantic lead. Stewart himself felt that he was miscast in this role. And I I mean, he's a great actor, um, but he celebrated his 50th birthday while he was filming this movie. Okay. And Kim Novak was 25. Uh. So he even was like, um, my leading ladies are like half my age. So like he was the one that was like, dude, now, hold this, on. I'm, and I'm out. That's always my pet peeve in these kind of movies. When I you know. look at the Audrey Hepburns with Fred Astaire and it's like, holy crap, so much younger. These um, old fucking mm-hmm. old as dirt men. That's right. mean. <laughs> His leading ladies were getting younger and younger. And uh, so after this, he kind of went for father figure type roles uh, moving forward, which okay. probably was, you know, kind probably of smart. Probably made sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Pie Wacket. Pie Wacket. Played by Pie Wacket. Uh, so, uh, the cat was mostly, there was a few cats. One was named Houdini, but Pie Wacket was mostly played by Kim Novak's real life cat, Pie Wacket. Aww. And I found this out, that Pie Wacket was, was actually a historical reference to a real life cat associated with witch hunting. So, Pie Wacket was one of the familiars of an alleged witch accused by the witchfinder general, Matthew Hopkins, in March of 1644 in the town of Manningtree, Essex, England. Wow. So, Pie Wacket was a real cat. The Aww. fact that she knew that, like, she That's knew cool. that historical info. Wow. Okay. Right? I love that. Interesting. 
That's very so cool. So she had a pie wacket who was really named after a pie wacket. And then we had a pie wacket named after her pie wacket. We had a pie wacket, tally wacker, <laughs> pie wacket. <laughs> so again, um, I don't know if you know, and I think you might, what Bell Book and Candle, where they got the name for that, for that movie. I do, but I would love for you to tell me. Would you? Yes. All right. So Bell Book and Candle was actually a ceremony of excommunication dating back to the Catholic Church in the ninth century. Uh, so they would perform the ceremony and the ceremony ended by ringing of the bell, which signified the person who committed the act or the toll of death, a spiritual death. Okay. Okay. Uh, then they would close the book, meaning the the authority has spoken. And then they would quench the candle, snuffing out the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would throw down the candle, representing that you are being cast out and content, condemned to spiritual darkness. Mm-hmm. So they wanted you to be aware that you are now an outcast and uh, you were... There were repercussions. Nailed it. God dang it. There were repercussions. Repercussions <laughs> of uh, society. So you were cursed, right. basically. And uh, witches or witchcraft, as the church believed them to be, uh, you know, devil worshipers, um, who should definitely be excommunicated. So Bell Book and Candle tends to connect itself a lot with witches. Right. Yeah. So. I like, I I mean, I don't like that, <laughs> right? But I like that little story. Yeah, I, it's I think it's interesting that it comes from somewhere. And so, again, here we are cross crossing again because it's basically they're telling you you're an outcast, you don't belong yeah. here, you're not accepted by us because you're different. Right. So, kind of just what you were talking about, and you know, always connecting those, always dots. connecting the dots. Um, so, release and reception this movie was considered a blockbuster by Columbia. Hmm. It took in 2.5 million at the box office. Whoa. And it was released November 11th, 1958 for its world premiere in LA at the Warner Theater. And it played there exclusively until its New York premiere on December 25th. So this is a real live legit Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, damn it. It is a Christmas movie. And in 2006, Disney planned to remake the film. No. Starring Alicia Keys as Gillian. I mean, I like Alicia Keys, but I... Okay. Yeah. All right, just stop remaking things. I know. <laughs> it was never made, and Keys dropped out of the role. Well... However... No. What? I know you've heard this because I've heard tell that maybe Hillary Burton Morgan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan might remake this oh, and that well she and that my friends she I said would that they would like that she would want to do that. I don't think that was like a legit thing, uh, but hey, hey, if you guys remade it, I'd be down with that. I'd be down with that. Yeah, I would be totally down. be down with I'd that. I'd be down with that. So that is my love of Bell Book and Candle. That's beautiful. I love that movie. Yeah, I think that so it it's kind of like I was just talking about with Nightmare Before Christmas. Um 
the people we've talked to have either seen this and love it mm-hmm. or they've never heard of it. Right. Like there's not an in-between yeah. of like, yeah, it was okay. No, yeah. it's either you love it and you're all about it or you've yeah. never heard of it. I feel like a lot of people have not seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like this is a good one to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when we were talking about like Bewitched in the, whenever that came out in the 60s, um, being like so ahead of its time talking about a witch. So look at this movie in yeah. 1958. Like that just was not something, right? you know. So the fact that this whole movie, you know. Revolved around. Revolved around it. And um, she was just so pretty and uh, her hair was like gray. but She was very mysterious. Very mysterious. She mm-hmm. wore the red cloak and just very classy looking. Right. They said she put a tint of lavender dye in her hair to make herself look even more mystical. Okay. Yeah, so it's I'm gonna like try a that. Platinum <laughs> lavender. I'm gonna put some in my hair. Yeah. You should. I should, huh? Oh my god. Ew, You'll neat. be totally mystical. There you go. We'll appeal to them Ruth Thatcher's. <laughs> Ruth Thatcher's. <laughs> I tried to get it out. I know Thatcher and her name is Ruth. <laughs> Ruth can thatch my roof anytime. Jesus. Or Ruth Thatcher Ginsburg. <laughs> Jake is great at the match too soon. No, I don't even care. That's a good one. Oh shit. I need to make a shirt. Right? Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Oh, great. Up top. Yes. That's beautiful. So that is our um I really truly think, like, I mean, I think you'll like 90% of what we talk about here, but if you have made it this far on our podcast, mm-hmm. you will love Bell Book and Candle. Oh, it's such a good Obviously, one. because of the time period, you know. Yeah. Which is which is having to give up their power to be with a man is bullshit. But take right. that away. Yeah, it's cute. It, it really is it's cute, cute movie. I love it. Oh, I love it. Beautiful. Mwah. And we're going to watch it. That's going to be. We're our... going to watch it on Christmas Day. Yes. We're going to watch Krampus, and we're going to watch yes, Bell Book and Candle. Yeah, because if I make everyone in this room watch Nightmare Before Christmas again, they might murder me. We just watched <laughs> it like two days ago. And what is your problem with that? <laughs> I want to watch it again. (laughs) She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready, bitches. Cue it up. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. With that, it's time for Killer Quote of the Week. Yes. All right. Mine is. Are you ready for this one? This kind of hurts. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, no. Why are you patting me like? Okay. Sometimes the people you wanted to be part of your whole story were only meant to be part of a chapter. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. Wow, really tugging on them heartstrings. And that was sent in by my best friend in the whole world, Philip Mim. Oh, Philip Mim. Philip Mim, you're part of my whole story, pal. That's right. All right. All right. Is this year over yet? (laughs) (laughs) From Tales from In the Broom Closet. Girl, I am right there with you. Yes. Yes. So this is our last episode of 2020. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How are you feeling about that? So in terms of 2020, I'm like, goodbye. Light that bitch on fire. I am ready to do our little New Year's ritual and... Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you for the lessons I've learned in 2020, but I'm ready for the new ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so long, good night. Mm-hmm. But a lot of good things came out of this year. Yep. We wouldn't have, like, we started Uncle Bob's this year. We started Uncle Bob's. We moved across the country. Yeah. We both started school. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of good things came out of it, and I hope that you guys can, you know, stop yeah. and reflect. And even though this year has been really hard for everyone, I hope you yeah. can, you know. And while we're at it, I mean, let's give a huge, huge, much-deserved applause to Mr. Jacob over there because without him, kids, we would not be doing what we're doing because he is a pro and he works so freaking hard. Yeah, guys, like he really is the mastermind behind this whole operation. Mm-hmm. So everyone, yay, yay clap for a Jacob. Jake. Thanks, yay. guys. Yay. Um, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed this year so far. We've got so many more cool things planned for the next year. We hope to be doing this, you know, mm-hmm. for many and years And as soon to as come. the world opens up, girl, we are hitting the fucking road. We're hitting the road, and we're going to come see you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of cool things are coming, so yep. I'm excited. Yes. I mean, we'll see you in the New Year's, guys. Yeah, we will. So for now... TTFN. All right, cut, print, check the gate, moving on.